Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to tonight's recap of Showdown. This is Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, and this is Season 2, Episode 20, and I am with Jen. What's up? Okay. Um, I don't really have any news, per se. I keep seeing updates sent to me by Google that... Like, there's either going to be a, a tenth season or a get-together or a reunion, and it always ends up being fake news. Oh. I, I fell for it the first <laughs> time, and it's like you read the article, and some of the words don't match very well. Some computer created it, trying to get clicks. Bummer. And I've seen it from a couple different sources, but I, I'd never heard of the publications or whatever we call them, the websites before. So, no. That's disappointing. Yeah. Um, that aside, any anything from your end? Any news no. to catch everyone up on? No. Um, blanking. Sorry. Um, Josh Radner put out a funny video the other day um, to the tune of Super Date. Oh, you know, I think I saw a link to that and a headline, but I didn't click on it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I think it was similar to like the Kobe Smolders, like don't go to the mall kind of thing where the the creators helped, you know, finagle the lyrics and it's all about, you know, voting. It's pretty funny. So did you get his, or listen to his new album that you said you were going to listen to? I didn't. <laughs> I knew it. I completely I sh- forgot about I should that. have put down money on that, that you weren't actually going to do it. I will be completely honest and tell you that I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> it was on the podcast, so. I believe we you. We can go back to the evidence at some point. <laughs> But I didn't remember it at all, but I will put it out, see if it's on Amazon Music. I've got something else once we get into this that you were wrong about. I'm never wrong. <laughs> okay, jumping into this, well, first of all, what did you think of this episode? Great episode. I liked it. I, you know, I wouldn't go great episode, but it was solid. It was a solid episode. I laughed out loud a lot. Yeah, the, I, I really, really love the Lily and Marshall stuff, and... Barney, uh, it's about 50-50 on him. Yeah, Barney had some not-so-great lines early on, but I loved all the uh, Price is Right stuff. Okay, well, we'll get into what we liked and didn't like. But we start off with Ted as the narrator saying, when the marriage approached, some weird stuff started happening. Now, I sort of feel like this is a missed start because... This doesn't seem like, oh, because of the wedding. This just seems like Marshall and Lily's stuff. Right. Right? Yeah, it's not a super solid opening. And they, they act like it's only... Because of the wedding, they're getting closer now and becoming one person. But we see a lot of this on and off. Mm-hmm. But we start off with <laughs> Lily saying that, you know, wondering why her stomach hurts. Marshall says, I'm sorry, baby. I ate a bunch of ice cream earlier today. And Lily has a great line of, oh, baby, you know we're lactose intolerant. Which I just... I, I started cry laughing. Oh, that's funny. That's actually like in the running for my worst joke. How? <laughs> it's so cheesy and yeah, but it's so it catches you off guard. Nah, I didn't like it. Oh man, I, that's funny. I think it's. I think I have this as my favorite joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. All I right. would not have guessed that. So what I want to call you out on is you know there's a lot of babies being thrown around here, and I complained about this earlier in the series in an earlier, another earlier recording that we did. And you said, I always call you baby. And I was like, you never call me baby. And so I started keeping tracking ever, track ever since then, which has been about the last 18 months. Not once have you ever called, called me you baby. I called you baby like three days ago. No, you didn't. I did so. Because <laughs> I was expecting you to like make a comment about it and you didn't. Oh, well, maybe I didn't hear you, but it <laughs> sounded like you're, you were doing it for a joke and not no, I was, as like, an affectionate. Actually calling you baby. I have not heard you call me baby in the last 18 months, and I've been paying very close attention Clearly to this. Clearly you haven't, because it just happened. Maybe you did it out loud, and I wasn't anywhere near, and you were pretending I was. <laughs> I think you do that sometimes. No. I called you baby, and you just didn't pick up on it. Okay, well then once out of the last 18 months. Well, who knows how many other times it's happened. You, think, you still think that you call me baby all the time? I wouldn't say all the time. Okay, a little bit. On occasion. <laughs> well, never again. <laughs> well, then we'll just keep going as we've been going then. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now Podcast they get, over. <laughs> now they get called out for how codependent they are. And <laughs> Ted points to a funny story about how Lily's claiming, they're, Lily and Marshall, this is a flashback, they're in the kitchen, and Lily says, oh, I need to go get some eggs. Marshall says, oh, I'll come with you. And then they walk two feet together over right. to the fridge. And then they kiss when they get there. And <laughs> it kind of pans out, and you see Ted just staring at them with this look on his face, like, what the hell? Right, and I think that joke worked really well because of the first one setting it up. I don't think one necessarily has to do with each other. Barney points out that they were going to spend the last two weeks before their wedding apart. Marshall and Lily find bad excuses why they can't. Yeah, logistics. And then Robin offers for Lily to stay with her. Lily agrees because she thinks the wedding night will be more special this way, and Marshall agrees to it. I feel like this is a common sitcom thing. I think we saw something somewhat similar in Friends. Where they, well, they weren't staying apart, but they had, like, Monica and Chandler had agreed not to sleep together, and then they, like, fake break up so they can get back together and sleep together. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not exactly. I don't even remember that, but, but I think you're right. That is a pretty tropey sitcom thing. I, I don't think I've ever known anyone that's done that in real life. Maybe the night before, but. Right. But I'm certainly sure not for else. weeks leading up to it. Right, yeah. And, and actually, you know, logistically, that is a nightmare. Because you do need to, yeah. co- to collaborate a lot with your mm-hmm. significant other leading up to the night of the wedding, the day of the wedding. Although I guess you don't have to be sleeping in the same place. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to have no communication over two weeks. <laughs> Fair enough. But, you know, it sets up the rest of the episode. I, think, so I feel fun. like even recently we've seen examples of this. I, I do like the, then Marshall goes to get a beer and Lily almost goes with him and then catches herself. <laughs> right. Okay, we're at the apartment Lily's on the phone with her mom. This is sort of a beat that didn't go anywhere. How her mom's right. driving her crazy and something about her going to Jamaica and now it's not a party without steel drums, so she wants to have <laughs> steel drums. Now, in, the, in a couple episodes, we see that they end up having to use a harp player because it's the, the kid of a friend of one of their parents. Right. I can't remember whose, but... I feel like she... Does she say Dad. I feel like that might be one of the things that like doesn't quite add up in the long run of the show, but yeah, we'll we'll get to it. Okay. The um, nice little yeah something else to put a pin in is yeah you know, Lily comes in and then Ted and Robin behind her and they're covered in sauce and Lily kind of goes on a rant and then you know kind of gives them the opportunity to explain the sauce and they just defer and we get back to that. I don't know if it's next episode. I think maybe two or three more episodes we get to it. I think it's. I don't think it's revealed to definitely the last episode, but maybe not even till the very end of the last one. That's what I'm thinking, like the, the finale of season when two. I think Barney when Barney won't let it drop. Out. Right. And, and finds out what's going on between them. It's funny because I saw this scene when I just watched it now, and I, you know, of course, having seen it before, I know why they look how they look. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if they're going to bring it back, any of it back up before the end of the, the episode, and they don't, and I've forgotten about it already by the end of the episode. Yeah, it's very quick. It's one of the, like, I wonder the first time watching it through if it clicked at all, or if they, like, make a callback to it, or what. It's one of those things that works better in streaming. We get some weird Barty follow-up on, you know, it's a dirty story. I bet Shabatsky Reeks is someone who likes to get caught. That stuff was just um, yeah, didn't so-so, in my opinion. So then Barney and Marshall are on the couch playing video games, which we don't see a lot of, but they're doing that, and it's just the opportunity for the revelation that <laughs> Marshall makes Lily a night-night tape, in mm-hmm. which he sings goodnight to her. Yeah, it's a cute set of reveals of, you know, we're not as cheesy as you make us out to be. Lily says, Marshmallow. <laughs> Don't forget to pack my night-night tape. And then I was very then, confused. Like, so is Marshall packing for her? <laughs> or is this night-night tape hidden somewhere only Marshall knows? And in the end, we reveal that they reveal that it's a videotape, not mm-hmm. a, like a tape recorder or right. recorded voice. Yeah, that's interesting. So is she carrying like a VHS tape around with her? or? Yeah, I guess it, I think it was still VHS. Something Wait. on a laptop, potentially? Well, we, <laughs> oh, see, no, a, we see a lot of porno... Tapes in this show because when yeah, but I think even then they mention like it's VHS and 
do they even still have a VHS or something? So, yeah. So, I don't know. It's unclear the type of tape, but yeah, it makes me think it's... Yeah, because it, it wouldn't be, like, on a laptop since you wouldn't say tape. So, I don't know. I have to say, usually, the Lily Marshall, the, them overdoing it with their sweetness to each other really bugs me, but for some reason, it, it worked for me in this episode. Oh. No, not in an... soft. No, no, no. <laughs> not in an emotional way, but in a... It was funny. Oh, okay. Like, sometimes it's just too syrupy for me, even when they're trying to be funny with it. But this time, I thought it was just really well done. It was over the top, and I think that's what made it okay. Okay. And they were, making, and they were being made fun of for it. Right. Let me get another line I don't love from Barney. The okay. two chicks making out. Yeah. yeah Marshall's a girl. But... It's typical early Barney stuff. I kind of hope it goes away. Yeah, I don't know if it ever does. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> And then we get Lily in, I feel like, a very relatable thing for people who are about to get married, like checking the registry and seeing who bought what. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's one of the best parts. That, that is the best part of getting married. <laughs> people buy you stuff. Wait, wait, let me start that over. That's one of the best parts. Nay, that is the best part of getting married. Now you're trying too hard. Okay. <laughs> Barney asks what is on their registry. And then is able to name the retail price of what is on the registry. Yeah, and then they're there's, asking for some pricey stuff. And right? then they're asking for a Dyson DC-17 animal vacuum. I don't even know what that is. It's just a super fancy vacuum. <laughs> it's not, like, designed to... I, I thought, yeah, maybe that's just sort of the weird name for the vacuum. But by the end, it makes me think that there's something about it being able to vacuum up pet hair. Maybe. Or maybe as an animal vacuum, because at the very end they start, like Bob Barker's talking a lot about spay your pets and. Well, he always does that. Does he? Mm-hmm. That's like Bob Barker's thing. That's why Barney at the end says, "You know, spay or neuter your pets." That's Bob Barker's like pet, quote unquote, pet issue. Boo! <laughs> I didn't do that intentionally. <laughs> How, did you ever watch Price is Right? He said it at the end of every single episode. I was going to wait until we actually got to the Price is Right talk <laughs> mm-hmm. in this. But no, I've never seen one single episode what? Okay, we will of the Price come is back right. to that because that is unbelievable. Yeah. What, what did you watch when you were homesick as a kid? Soap operas. Days yeah, of but, Our Lives. But Price is Right was on before that. Soap operas didn't come on until like, I don't know, 12 12:30. Um, I was in bed, sick, not able to watch TV. Whatever. I didn't. I, I didn't like pretend to be sick enough where I could <laughs> still watch TV. No, never saw it. I, you know, there. I think there might have been some daytime game shows that I did actually watch, but that wasn't one of them. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a thing in your generation, but I know for my generation, like that was a thing. You stayed home, sick, and you got to watch The Price Is Right. Hmm. No, that might have been more of like a Western Pennsylvania thing. It seems more like a blue collary kind of game show. Whatever, you're just old. I was more of a Jeopardy and... Jeopardy wasn't on until 7.30. Nice try. I also watched Jeopardy. So, yeah, uh, listeners, please weigh in. Was watching Price of Right part of your staying-at-home sick routine? And If so, tell me your age, because I don't know if... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if the younger millennials or the next generation down is still watching. I don't know if it still had the same appeal once Drew Carey took over. Who? Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) So Marshall has follow-up questions to this. Barney explains that he is going to be on The Price is Right, and there's a lot more set up to that, but... I, I don't it's think a very, it's all worth mentioning. Well, there's a very dumb joke that I like where Barney how sets awesome him, he is. Yeah, Barney sets himself up. I mean, you guys know how, how it's hard to be friends with me because I'm so awesome, and Ted rightfully points out, yes, it's hard to be friends with you. So uh, the next set of lines comes at the top of the next page, and what did I write as a note at the top of the page? Never seen an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am just, I am blown away. Does this I can't believe this has never come up before. Does this reposition our entire relationship? I don't know. I think it's put a shift in the reacher-settler dynamic. I agree. It does. (laughs) Robin surprised Barney is a big fan of The Price is Right. We get a long speech 
from Barney about how much the price is right is a microcosm of our entire economic system. And then he has to blow it at the end with, plus, you know, hot chicks and sports cars. Of course. <laughs> All right, then we get Lily headed out to Robbins for her first night away from Marshall. And apparently she brought her wedding dress, so she tries it on in Robin's apartment, and she's you know kind of strutting around the apartment, and then realizes that her dress is too small, or her she is too small for her dress, and her dress falls down. I like that. Robin gets a nice flash of <laughs> Lily, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that scene worked for me. That that's how it was revealed mm-hmm. from behind. Meanwhile, here's 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 a series of things I don't care for. The Ted working on the the speech, the best man speech for oh, Marshall's I wedding. I like it. I thought it was cute. Boy, we are really off tonight. <laughs> so here's why I don't like it. One, the best man never reads his best man speech to the the groom ahead of time. That's well, just that just doesn't happen. It's a good thing that he did, or Marshall would have been very mad at him. Secondly, Ted's not this stupid <laughs> that he's going right. to mention that Lily was giving. Roadhead to Marshall. Right. And that's the one time he got in trouble and arrested. Right. (laughs) I mean, this is just complete insanity. Like, is he just messing with Marshall, or was he serious? I do like, at the beginning of when Ted's going over the toast, this part's really good, is (laughs) he's like, hello, everyone, I'm Ted Bosby, Marshall's best man. Strong opening, right? (laughs) That's fantastic. Every single time. Yeah, no, that that running gag's really good. (laughs) I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, so yeah, Ted's first best man speech is, yeah, to tell everybody the story of how Marshall got busted in, was this an HOV lane or something? And yeah, it turns out he wasn't alone. As Steve had mentioned, the roadhead was happening. And yeah, I don't know why anyone would ever think that's an appropriate story to tell at a wedding. Right, Marshall names all the people that are going to be at his wedding, including <laughs> right. his grandpa, the minister, who died three years ago. I like the detail that he's going to take a day off from haunting the barn to make an appearance. <laughs> I did too. I want to go to that barn. <laughs> a preacher ghost? That sounds interesting. That does sound interesting. So we get Barney coming through the door, and I guess this makes no sense to you of what he's doing, does it? No, I mean, I, I, I know <laughs> that when they call somebody to come down, they... They kind of come down the stairs. They, they descend down the stairs and are giving high fives and all that to people. I've, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of the show. I've just never seen a show all the way through. Okay. I know, I know most of the elements of it, though. Gotcha. But I didn't like this. I didn't what about like Plinko? The... Do you know Plinko? No. What's Plinko? <gasps> Plinko's like the best game ever. Wait, is this a, is this a game show? or? No, it's a, a game bo- on The Price is Right. Oh, okay. So, no, I don't know that one. Oh, my God. Plinko's the best. Our son has all of a sudden, our six-year-old has all of a sudden fell in love with uh, Wheel of Fortune. Fortune. <laughs> it was just like randomly on. Yeah, it's not like we watch it. He no, walked like, in on us. No, yeah, we just like we, I think he wanted to watch Home Alone. And so we like turned the TV on and just whatever channel was on last happened to be playing Wheel of Fortune. He was fascinated. So he didn't watch Home Alone so he could watch Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, and about then, a year ago, we introduced Home Alone to our son. And because Christmas is sort of coming back around, for some reason he had it in his head that he wanted to watch it again, and then discovered that there's... There are five of them. And he's been watching them on rotation for the last few weeks. And they don't get better. No. Each one's a little worse, and it gets... It's a steep dive after two. (laughs) It's very bad. And two wasn't that great to begin with. True. Yeah, so it's... And having to explain to him how many of these things would kill somebody... (laughs) If it happened to them, these pranks. Yes, Home Alone too. Because I just want to make sure he doesn't, like... Throw a brick at somebody? I don't mind if he does it at us, but, like, I'm worried he's going to do it at a friend. Like, here's a prank. Yes, Marv literally gets hit by a brick, like, four times in Home Alone 2. And that giant bag of... Cement? Cement (laughs) falls on his head from, like, 20 feet above. It would have completely broken his neck. Yes, yeah. There's... There's a lot of potential murder okay. in that. But. That's our next podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Home, all the we're going to review all the Home Alones. Oh, no. Don't make me watch them it's again. It's going to get dark. <laughs> I like how he watched some of the fifth one and then had nightmares that next night about ghosts because the fifth one has ghosts. Mm-hmm. But then he watched the rest of it, and it turns out the ghosts weren't real. They were being right. faked. 
it reminds me of how Kramer on Seinfeld watched that movie about comas <laughs> and then decides <laughs> decides he needs to go to a lawyer and, and set his living will. And then later on, he watches the rest of it, and the woman wakes up from the coma and's like, I've never felt so rested in my life. <laughs> and Kramer's like, I didn't know you could wake up from a coma. <laughs> well, I have to say, like, the weirdest part of this whole, I don't even, what do you call a five-movie stretch? Quintilogy? Um. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not already what it's called, we need to coin that. <laughs> the fourth one, like, does a reset, and all of the characters have the exact same names, and it's the exact same, like, family dynamic, but they're all different actors. And it makes no sense. Just let it go, Jen. I can't. It drove me insane. <laughs> and also, fun fact, um, Kevin's mom in Home Alone 1 and 2 is Moira Rose in Schitt's Creek. So, yay. That's not that fun a fact. I mean, she's been around for a long time. And it's been a, in a fun million fact things. that I didn't realize until we started rewatching okay. these movies. All right. And so maybe other people will... Can we, can, we, can we get away from Home Alone, bud? <laughs> no, I haven't. In, I watched 10 hours worth All right, everyone Alone. skip ahead 20 minutes. <laughs> Jen's got to continue to rant on Home Alone. Okay, I'm done. we got to stop saying that so loud. Tyler's going to come down from his room and start oh bugging us. <laughs> you guys talking about Home Alone? <laughs> <laughs> I have some commentary. Yes, so... How did, we, how did we get on Home Alone? I... Oh, Wheel of Fortune. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Okay. Yes, so we were talking about Barney, yes, practicing his come on down. His A or B. Yes. I didn't care for these, and I I guess Ted didn't either because he locks them out. (laughs) I kind of like that. I do like that. Yeah, he But then it was kind of mean. It was totally mean, but very funny. It was funny, but I was like, that's really kind of sad that, okay, Barney just has to go away now. Well, I assume he then unlocked the door. The point is that he was. I don't think he did. They show nothing of him moving back. And it seems like Barney leaves at the end of the scene. I don't know, because it just then switches to Robin's apartment, so we don't really know. But my assumption is Ted then opened the door. No. But anyway, so if you didn't watch the episode, Barney does his, you know, A and B run-throughs, and then Ted asks him to, you know, go out and do it again so they can pay better attention, and then locks the door, and Barney runs right into the door. Which is dumb, but it's funny. Yeah. It was simple. Lily finds out that it's going to cost her $300 to take the bust in to refit her dress. And That's a lot of money. I really like, I love this. She goes, um... She's on the I'm, phone with Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting married next Saturday and I'm too skinny for my dress. I lost all this weight without even trying. Hello? What happened? She called me a bitch and hung up. <laughs> That's a really good line. Yeah. And Robin's right. This is a dream scenario. You right. get to eat it. Although she's going to kind of gain weight in all the wrong places, I think, if she actually, if this plan worked a little bit. Yeah, that's true. But, you're gonna, you're eh, gonna, it works. You're going <laughs> to fill in the belly and not much else. But yeah, Robin points out, yeah, she has the opportunity to just eat whatever she wants and ask, you know, what, what have you always wanted to try? <laughs> that and, was too decadent. And Lily has, like, a very specific answer right off the bat. It's... It's more pronounced in later seasons that Lily is this great chef or an appreciator of fine foods. Mm-hmm. So far, we've only really seen it when she talked about the salad she could make mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Right. But this is sort of the second piece of that, and then it, it fills in later. They're kind of leading up to the fact that she's a foodie. I mean, you're a dessert connoisseur. Could you rattle off something like this with no notice? Or would you just be like... <laughs> Give me a peach cobbler. <laughs> I have no idea what this is, but it really does sound good. Yeah, it does. Caramelized bananas, raspberry. You know I love raspberry mm-hmm. on desserts. Robin only has a Cool Whip and a bag of Fritos, and that's fine by Lily in the end. <laughs> Done. But why even ask, Robin? So Ted goes for another toast. And this one has something to do with back when they were in college and they were freshmen. This is actually kind of funny. Yeah, I like this one. This one's kind of cute, actually. But again, yeah, you don't you don't talk about people being wasted right. in toasts. However, uh, there it's a flashback to their freshman year. Marshall and Lily seemed completely high mm-hmm. in the room, and Ted went out for food, comes back, shows him the bag. And Marshall looks past Lily, says, I love you, 
to Ted and Lily takes that as though it was pointed towards her. Right. She so. didn't hear Ted coming. So you see Ted kind of sneak back out. Yeah, I think that's a funny bit. Right. And so Marshall rightfully points out, like, Lily's not heard this story, so you want to tell her at our wedding that the first time I said I love you, I was actually talking to you with a bag of Funyuns? They really like Funyuns in (laughs) Marshall's family. But that does set up Ted for a good joke about, you're totally over Funyuns, so it's not weird. (laughs) And so this, yeah, we get a little bit of a callback to it shortly with the next anecdote, but Marshall's mad because, you know, he's talking about drinking, having a girl in his room, and eating junk food. And Ted's like, what? Junk food? Yeah, they go on about the junk food a little too long, I thought, though. Right, but it comes back in the next iteration of the best man speech. We're at the bar in the next scene, and Marshall and Lily are saying hi to each other. Apparently they've been apart by now. And Ted's surprised that there's not more giggling, crying, jumping up and down, and than whatever Lily would do. But that was, we're, we're, we get some, some masculinity-shaming lines in here, but I thought that one was pretty good. Eh, it was okay. Now, this sounds like my dream. Ted says that McLaren's had 11 different deep-fried appetizers, and so Lily ordered all of them. That does sound like a dream. That's not really my style of eating usually, but if I was allowed to eat whatever I want, I would be all over bar that. Bar food, deep-fried bar food, it's the best. We get Barney coming in with a bike and practicing spinning the wheel. <laughs> not a whole bike, just the wheel of a bike. Well, he does ride in on the whole bike. Oh, does he? Yeah, th- that's how the scene starts, is him oh, coming I miss in on that. the bike. I thought he just had the wheel. That's funny. No, he, 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 has the, he rides in on the bike. He's actually riding the bike in the bar. Oh, how did I miss that? And then he flips it over. Oh, maybe but his yeah. finger's controlling how the speed at which it slows down. It just doesn't make much sense, but <laughs> who cares? It's fine. And Barney then now is going to reveal why he's so excited and it's so important for him to do well on The Price is Right. First of all, let's talk about how Barney has memorized the price of things. <laughs> now, we get a lot of places where Barney's kind of stupid, but this is one of which will become many places where we see that he's actually quite genius at some points in the show. He's clearly got some good memorization skills. His strategies are always really strong, and he he seems like he'd be a good chess player, because sometimes he thinks, like, ten moves ahead. Mm -hmm. Like the bachelor party. Right. Where he he figured out that they were going to to Foxwoods, instead of Atlantic City. Right. And somehow found out what room they're in. But that being said, yeah, this is an example of how many items do you think he memorized He's just identifying, I mean, they were just identifying random ones before. When we see them on the show, it's random ones. Mm -hmm. Also, did they have that much access to information on the internet back then, in 2008? Right? Or 2006? Where are we here? It's probably 2008. Because season one was 2007? It was... Or 2005. 2005 into 2006. This might be... 2007? Let's see, I think this actually tells us... Yeah, this was May 2nd, 2007. So in 2007, did the internet have enough information? And also, what would be the the best source? I... Amazon. I mean, you'd think Amazon, but they, their price isn't how, the same as yeah, I don't retail. Know how prolific Amazon was at the time. I'm imagining Barney like... I think Amazon was just selling books back then. Possibly, yeah. Like, I'm picturing Barney like walking through like Bloomingdale's or Macy's or something and like (laughs) just memorizing all the appliances. But then he also has to factor in like cars and vacations and... Yeah, so I wonder if you could go... Electronics. If like Best Buy or some of these, or Macy's mm-hmm. or wherever else you I mean, buy things, the if day. they had their own websites and listed what their goods were on that website. Right. Maybe a Sears. I feel like Sears used to have like electronics department. <laughs> yeah, Sears used to sell everything. Yeah. So that's what I picture is Barney just wandering around stores, soaking up all these pricing. Should we at... Craig Thomas. Sure. And see if he'll let us know how... <laughs> how does Barty How does Barty memorize all these? We'll see who actually wrote the episode. Th- you know, he responds to a lot of things that we will mention him in, or he'll give a like mm-hmm. to it, because he follows us. So I, I, I figure there are there is going to be a time in which we want to ask him something, and we can't waste it. Because <laughs> I feel like we can get one answer out of him. 
and it has to be yeah. a good one. See, we're never going to come up with the one that's good enough, and then we'll go through this whole podcast with never had answered anything. <laughs> like, no, that one's not good enough. Let's just wait. <laughs> we'll know. We'll know when it's the right one. <laughs> okay. I believe it in my heart. Okay. So we were, we were talking about how Barney was now revealing why doing so well is so important to well, him. Well, but do you understand the concept of the wheel? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sort of. I know there's, like, dollar figures on it. Okay. So the wheel... So, like, three, I believe it's three people that do the best, like, okay, sorry, I don't know how far back I have to go. So, there's, like, five people down that, like, all get to wager on the first thing, and whoever is closest to it then gets to move on to the next thing, which is usually some sort of game. And if you win that, then you get to move to the wheel. And so I don't know, is it three people total, or is it the people that did the best? I'm not entirely, I haven't watched it in so long, I'm not entirely sure the logistics of that, but there's usually three people at the wheel, and then whoever spins the wheel and gets closest to a dollar gets to go to the showcase. Oh, that's what it is, so I think it's three people in each half, and then there's two people at the showcase. So three people in the first half, and then one goes on, and then they do the whole thing again, and then three more people, Okay. And one goes on. So if you get a dollar, you like... If you, like, land it exactly on a dollar, you get, like, extra. Like, maybe you win, like, $1,000 or something and get to go to the showcase. $1,000? Gee, Grandpa! Hey, maybe. I no, don't remember. <laughs> I think it's $1,000, but again, this was back in, like, the 80s, early 90s. So apparently hitting the $1 bill is a big deal. Yes. So that's what Barney's trying to do is to get to, yeah, landing on the dollar. Because that guarantees that you get to go to the showcase. Yeah, there would be absolutely no correlation to the strength it takes to move that bike wheel Versus, and he doesn't even know, unless he's gone on set and had some practices spinning the big wheel. Right. There's no way to know that. Exactly. Okay. But anyways, so can I finally say what the big reveal is, is that Barney thinks Bob Barker is his father. And the reason why is because it was on TV when he was a kid, and at the same time he asks his mom who his dad is, and she says, oh, it's that guy, and points to Bob Barker on. (laughs) And he just takes that as gospel. As he does with everything that his mom tells right, him. Right, Although I think we get hints in here that he doesn't really believe it. Right. And then we get, like, a really sad montage of, like, Barney as a kid, like, talking to the TV. Like, it's his dad. I liked him throwing the baseball at it. It just made me plink. really sad. Like, poor little Barney. Dressing up as Bob Barker for Halloween, showing his report card. And he did get to spend time with his real dad in those days, but he didn't know it was his dad. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I noticed that it was, again, Mega Mullaly's voice mm-hmm. as the mother. Right. So Barney reveals that, you know, his plan is to win and then tell. Maybe that's what I should ask them. What, what is your relationship with Mega Mullaly that you kept having her come in to say, like, one line? <laughs> were they on the same, like, set? Were they, were they in the same, you know, shooting lot or something? I wonder, because, yeah, Will and Grace was on NBC, not CBS. Oh, good point. So did you already name him? He's got straight A's. He was him as ho- for Halloween, and then he tried to play catch with him. That was the sad one. Yeah. Okay. So his plan is to reveal himself to his father on TV. Yeah, and everybody's a little stunned by this plan of his. We get back to the diet. And Lily has to gain five pounds in a week, week and a half. Lily comes in at Robin says, I lost a pound. Robin says, that's impossible. You ate McDonald's for every meal for three days. And Lily says, I knew that supersized me guy was full of it. <laughs> I think we probably have to explain to our listeners. They yeah. might not all know what supersized yeah, me was. was. So Did yeah, you see it? Mm-hmm. I never saw it, so you'll have to... So Get into it. it had to have been, you know, early to mid 2000s. This guy, I believe his name is Morgan Spurlock. He weird name, kind of cool. <laughs> Morgan Spurlock. I can't. I'm remember officially if... changing my name. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I can't remember if he was already like a documentarian or if he this was his first thing. But he decided to see what would happen if he ate nothing but McDonald's, and I think he for did a year. It. I think right. it maybe only was a month. I sh- Are you sure? Cause wasn't he, like, losing hair and stuff? It got really bad. And I think he ended up having to quit early because it, he was, it was having such a detrimental effect on him. 
And that was back in the day when you could supersize your meal, quote unquote, at McDonald's. And they don't do that anymore. Like now it's like, oh, you can either get a medium or a large size, but they don't do the supersize, which was like extra, you know, huge soda. They also changed their menu a lot to put a lot of healthy things on there too, didn't they? Yeah. They also, I think they they changed like a lot of the oil, cooking oil and stuff, which made the fries not as awesome as they used to be. Mm, the fries used to be considerably better. They're still great. They're still, I think, one of the best fries out there. But, mm-hmm. but because they changed the cooking oil to something like vegetable oil or olive oil, they, oh, interesting. It's no longer animal fat or whatever they were cooking right. before. But yeah, the point is that like yeah, he got extremely Lard. unhealthy very quickly, and yeah, you know, he would go to doctors and you know, get blood tests and you know, weighed and whatever, and it yeah was not good for him. Right. And so, I want to know how long he did it for, so hold on. We're going to pause this real quick. While you're looking that up, I'll keep going for a little bit. Okay. So they, they determine it's, it's the wedding stress that's making her lose this weight. And then Robin says, Lily Aldrin, drop and give me 20 bites of fudge. And then she's you know yelling at her like she's her coach. <laughs> right. Lily's having trouble stuffing it in. And then we get a, oh, are you going to cry? You're going to cry? Skinny little baby's going to cry? So it's a, sort of a repeat of what Druthers was doing when he taunted oh, the kid yeah. when, after he knocked his ice cream off of his ice cream cone. And I noticed that it's two, it's, they're both dessert instances. That's true. All right. So Super Size Me was made in 2004. He did it for 30 days, ate only McDonald's. And so the impact was that he gained 24 pounds. How long was it? I'm sorry, what did you say? It was How for th- 30 days. Okay. He gained 24 pounds, which was a 13% body mass increase, increased his cholesterol to 230 milligrams, which I think cholesterol is supposed to be under 200, if I'm remembering right, experienced mood swings, sexual dysfunction, and fat accumulation in his liver. It took him 14 months to lose the weight. I'm surprised. Usually, the faster you gain weight, the easier it is to lose. I'm not. I'm not so sure he was working out during those months. Yeah, it afterwards. just says that he was following a vegan diet, but doesn't say anything if he was exercising or not. So, huh. so that supersized me. I want to say that both those instances of Robin and Druthers using the same sort of taunt came from a movie called The Great Santini, where the father, played by oh, <laughs> Robert Duvall. Father played by Robert Duvall, and this is back in the eighties. Was a he was a Marine father, and he was really hard on his oldest son. And his son was a basketball player in high school, and so they're playing one on one out in their yard, and they're you know at their hoop. And he's giving his son a hard time about it, and then like bouncing the ball against his head. Are you gonna cry? You gonna cry? You're my you're my favorite little girl, and he's you know oh. really. And this has been offed imitated in different sitcoms that I've seen in the last 30 years hmm. or so. I've never heard of it. Not, not as recently, but really good movie, very well known. I don't care for that kind of parenting at all. Well, the, the father was kind of a monster, and he was a real bad alcoholic. And it was based on a book, which I think was based on a true story. I'd have to verify that, but I don't think anyone cares, so. <laughs> okay, so Ted's... We're back with at the apartment, and Ted is going for his third attempt at a wedding toast. We get another still strong opening. <laughs> right. And in this one, it's very G-rated. Right, and it's telling the story of when, yeah, the day that Lily and Marshall got back together, they stayed up till 10 o'clock at night, and they did shots of chocolate milk, and they were all <laughs> well-nourished. And had lots of calcium. And so <laughs> we get a line from Marshall, or no, first from Robin, saying, thanks, Marshall, for teaching us you don't need alcohol to have fun. And then Marshall pointing out, don't thank me. Thank my parents for teaching me good values. And then they, they're all about holding hands. Yes. Yeah, so and- so I, you know, I wonder, was this <laughs> a... G-rated version of something that actually happened. I was. I had the same note. Did this happen, <laughs> but with real stuff? Right. But I also wonder if the doing it in the bathroom scene, though, is actually stolen from the brunch. Hmm. 
when they're reunited but not back together and it's actually Robin and Ted's mom that knock on the bathroom door and they're inside and he said, you know, right. five, five more minutes, maybe just one. <laughs> right. Something like no, that. I feel like they had to have, like, if, you know, they'd been broken up for six months at that point. I think they had a little tryst in the bathroom. So we never know whether that was stuff that really right. happened or but not. But yeah, so they're... <laughs> Yeah, Marshall talks about how much he wants to hold Lily's hand, and then Robin catches them in the bathroom holding hands. It was a lovely and responsible night. And Marshall says that's boring. Ted says exactly. Don't try and um, censor me, which is stupid because the things he was going to say before were ridiculous. (laughs) There's got to be a middle ground, Ted. So Ted's going to give up and just read the thing about Jesus and the footprints. Now, as a person of Jewish descent, are you aware of the Jesus and the Footprints no. thing? No. No. Oh, really? <laughs> so there's, like, this poem that talks about, you know, somebody that's having a hard time. You know, they're walking on a beach, presumably, and in good times, he notices two sets of footprints, but in the hard times, there's only one set of footprints, and he asks, you know, Jesus, why do you always leave me when things are hard? And it's... You know, Jesus didn't leave him. Jesus was carrying him. So it was Jesus' footprints. Okay. I don't have anything sarcastic to reply to that with, so let's just move on. (laughs) There There was one more little Lily Marshall codependence thing where she says, I give up too. I don't care if my dress doesn't fit. I can't eat anymore. I feel like my stomach's going to explode. And Marshall touches his stomach. He's like, I know. Right. Not as good as the first one, but I... We always like callbacks, so... I like that, you know, they they do things in in threes, and that was sort of like the third one. All right, they cut to two weeks later where Ted's giving his toast and, you know, telling the story of how the whole time Marshall and Lily were actually sneaking off and getting a hotel room together to, to see each other every night before going to bed. Right, so yeah, we get kind of like a little meta commentary from Ted as he's talking about, you know, his struggle to to write the toast and Lily struggled to to gain the weight back. And so then we flash back to Ted in the middle of the night noticing Marshall coming home. <laughs> Marshall's really bad excuses. <laughs> Marshall, what Robbing are you doing? Us. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite one. He tries, you know, going to the bathroom, but he was in the hall, sleepwalking, but he's awake. And so Marshall just goes with robbing us. <laughs> I was looking very closely at the scene around the wedding. First of all, to see if, do they have any of the people, the characters that we see mm-hmm. at the actual wedding. They didn't. But they also didn't cheat because Marshall's got the hat on mm-hmm. and Lily's a bit drunk already. Mm-hmm. So that stuff stuck. I mean, presumably they would have filmed it all at the same time. Yeah, but I was surprised we never saw like Brad or anybody else. Like I thought mm-hmm. there'd be some nice Easter eggs. Yeah. And there weren't. Maybe the uncle with the toupee. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes, Marshall and Lily had been meeting up at a hotel to be spending the night, or I guess part of the night together. Oh, and then they end, because they're together and she's not as stressed when she's with them, with him, they order a lot of room service and pick out. Right, and so that's how Lily gains the weight that she needs to fit into her dress. This was, you know, a nice toast. It yeah, was, I think it was cute. a good way to wrap it up, even if we had to kind of suffer through the idiotic first attempts. <laughs> so we get Ted trying to do a little, like, oh, the story of Lily and Marshall's wedding, you know... No matter how perfectly you plan your... Oh, wait, let's talk about Barney and the Price is Right. So we just completely divert off from the wedding. We get... Barney coming on down, high-fiving, giving hugs. And so everybody's at the apartment watching it. So Barney, I guess, hasn't told them anything of what happened. So they're all watching it with him. And when Barney gets down to Bob Barker, you know, Bob's like, Welcome to Contestants Row, Barney. Nice suit. And Barney's like, Thanks, Dad. Bob, he's about to call him dad, <laughs> right. catches himself. And then we get a lot of Barney getting the price just right. Right, exactly. As we would expect. Those, the first thing is stylish his and her watches feature an 18-karat gold bezel and crown and stainless steel bands. Those were the ugliest watches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they were really bad. They were quite bad. It looked like the ones that, like, if you walk down the street and you see someone selling watches on the sidewalk, like ones that they'd be trying to pull off for, like, you know, $50 as in fake, fake real jewelry. But apparently they were worth thirteen fifty. 
Barty's very condescending to some of the other players as he's bidding against them. Mm-hmm. So he wins the watches and gives them to Marshall and Lily. Yeah, so pretty much everything he's given to Marshall and Lily. I mean, this is right. really, right. really generous of him. Yeah. I'm not sure that he kept anything. I don't know, because we get the, at the very end, we get, you know, him giving the keys to the dune buggy, but he did win two showcases, which typically is like vacation, cars, something else, you know, pretty expensive. So maybe he kept some of it. We never do get to see the above the ground hot tub. You think we, <laughs> that would have come back at some point. Right. When's a camcorder? Um, there's a one point where he's gets you know thirty seconds to do a high low bid on he you know he says what he what his bid would be and then I guess Bob Barker responds with a higher or lower and if he mm-hmm. gets the exact number within thirty seconds then he wins and all this he's using because he already knows what the cost is nine ninety nine he's using the whole time to show Bob pictures of him growing up <laughs> right <laughs> which is very confusing to Bob Barker and Bob sounds like Barney you have five seconds left. <laughs> Gang wants to know why he's doing that. Uh, spending quality time with my dad. <laughs> so, yeah, he wins the camcorder. He wins the computer. Gives those to Marshall and Lily, too. And then we get to the wheel. And so Barney confesses he's a little bit nervous about the wheel. It's not his best part. And Bob's well. <laughs> like, I'm sure you'll do just fine, son. Barney's response is really sweet. Yeah. Did you just... I'm ready, Bob. And he gets the confidence he needs. And so he gets the dollar. And <laughs> so you see, like, the other guy kind of in the background. So, like, whoever that guy is is kind of, like, the current leader. Mm-hmm. He just pushes that guy yeah. out of the way. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and then he asks Bob, would you say you're proud of me? Hmm. Okay. They do the showcase stuff. And Barney wins both. I wonder how often that actually happens, that you, somebody guesses their showcase price exactly right and wins both. I feel like it can't happen all that often. You would know. I wouldn't. actually haven't seen the like show in like 20 years. Bob goes, Barney, your showcase begins with a mystery. And Barney goes, oh, I love this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get Marshall like, I don't even know what we're going to do with a tune, Bucky, but I want one. Okay. So then we get to the end of it, and yeah, Barney wins both showcases, and that's where, you know... We get the line from him saying, you know, reminding you to help control the pet population, spay and neuter your pets, which, again, he says at the end of every Price is Right episode. And then Barney interrupts because he has something he wants to say. He's, and he can't say it. Yeah, he seems to kind of think about it for a second and then just goes with, you know, congratulations on 35 years. Sort of checked himself, I think, there at, do I really think he's my dad? Mm-hmm. Or maybe is it really appropriate? But you, think, you would think if he really thought he was his dad, he would have waited till they were off camera and right. said something to him, but that's not what happened. Right. And so then that's where yeah, Barney <laughs> jumps in with the have your pet spayed or neutered. And Barney's excuse for not telling him was that it would be pretty devastating for Bob. Right. To think you One know, thing your whole life. Yeah. I, bet, I bet Bob Barker does have some illegitimate chil- children out there somewhere. How dare you? <laughs> Don't be smirch, Bob Barker. You've just been bought off by big prices, right? I don't even know what that means. I mean, big neuter? <laughs> yeah, maybe that. So, fun fact, actually. So, this episode aired May 2nd, 2007. Bob Barker's last episode of Price is Right. It was June 15th, 2007. Mm-hmm. So, I did not realize that he had been off Price is Right that long. Yeah, good fun fact. Is it still Drew Carey? I think he's not I doing it anymore. So. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't heard that he wasn't. I've never seen an episode with Drew Carey, so I don't know. <clears throat> how the quality is. Excuse me. And then the final scene is Marshall doing the night song for Lily. I do not remember this at all. I was just staring at the TV like, what is this? It was so weird. <laughs> it was okay. Okay. What do you think I ranked this? 65. That's too high. I ranked it 81, mm. which is two places ahead of last week's special party. Okay. What was your favorite joke? Um, I think it was the one about the grandpa haunting, taking the day off really? and haunting the barn. <laughs> Mine was, you know, we're lactose intolerant. That was probably my least favorite joke, but... Mine was hot chicks on sports cars, the way he ended his 
eloquent speech. Yeah, either that or the, um, you know, you two should kiss, because I like when two chicks make out. You care for that one. I believe next week is the first of the final two episodes of the, the wedding episodes. I think we have one more in between. I think we have one, and then, because I think the wedding episodes are split into two, like something borrowed and something blue, and I think there's one more between this one and the wedding ones. Nope. It's something borrowed and something blue are the last two. Oh, weird. Are the next two and the last two. You won't hear that pause, folks, so I've edited it out, but I looked it up. (laughs) Because Jen's never wrong. Well, I could have swore when I was looking for this one, it like brought me to a different one that was after it, but I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. Okay, where can folks find us, and how can they reach us, People more importantly? People can find us at RunkleRecaps.com. You can find us on Twitter, at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast, underscore, where I apologize, I've been slacking and not posting lately, sorry. Um, you can email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. And I think that is all the ways. But hit us up on Twitter, because I love interacting with folks on Twitter. Oh, have you been tweeting behind my back? No. <laughs> no one's hit us up. Oh. Well, I mean, us. they have, but not, not in the last week or so. We did get uh, Pandu. When someone asked what are the best recap podcasts, he listed a whole bunch and including oh, ours yes. for How I Met Your Podcast. So thank you, Pandu. Yay. And Pandu, and listeners, this one, just like we do every week to close out our podcast. Spay and to your pets? No. It's our night-night song. <laughs> night-night, him yep. Night-night. Him yep, it's time to go to bed. Oh, my silly lily little him yep e time to rest your little head. Sha-la-la-la, sha-la-la-la. Come on, Jen. I'm going to be here with Ted. It's weird. Does that mean you're going to sing the last few times with me? No, I will not. (laughs) You're not catching me singing on the podcast. We do this every week. Why are you just now complaining about it? (laughs) I like my spay or neuter your pets ending better. All right, well then say it. (laughs) Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Sha-la-la-la. Bye. Bye.